0: Live from Hallandale Beach, it's Holistic Strides. Hey now, everybody. Welcome to Holistic Strides, a Start With Your Feet production. We are coming to you live on tape from my office in sunny Hallandale Beach, Florida. My name is Dr. Richard J. Rimler, otherwise known as Doc Rick and I am one of a few holistic podiatrists in the country. I am your host of Holistic Strides, a talk show devoted to taking small but powerful steps down a path to a more holistic lifestyle with an emphasis on foot health and the start with your feet approach to wellness. This includes unique advice on supportive shoes, orthotics, exercise via high intensity interval training, organic nutrition, vitamins and supplements, and stress management. So why should you watch or listen to my show? The short answer is to achieve better health through self-empowerment with the understanding that it all starts with your feet. The idea is to add one holistic principle regularly to your life and gradually transform yourself to better health. Just take it one step at a time. I can guide you since I have undergone the same transformation. Therefore, I walk the walk. Today, I will be talking about bunions. Before we get to that, I want to go over what I feel is the most important thing you can do for your health besides not smoking cigarettes. High-intensity interval training, which goes by the acronym HIT. Start by picking your preferred mode of exercise. It could be walking, running, using an exercise bike, treadmill, doing jumping jacks, or swimming. Try to do this close to home for convenience. Try to do it in the morning, since it only takes 10 to 12 minutes. That way you can get it in before work or school. Here is my personal prescription for HIT. Start off with a 20 second fast velocity followed by a one minute slow recovery speed and do this for six intervals. In my case, I go out to the street in front of my house and I sprint for 20 seconds. Then after the recovery portion of roughly one minute of slow walking, I reverse my direction and sprint for 20 seconds once again for the next interval. After doing six intervals at 20 seconds fast speed, I then switch to a 15 second fast velocity, followed by the same one minute slow recovery speed, and do this for three intervals. Guess what? You are now done. The take-home point is that the final three intervals must be done at a faster speed to reap the health benefits which are substantial. These benefits include strengthening your lungs and heart, aiding in weight loss by inducing a 12 hour fat afterburn, better oxygenation to your cells, and most notably being anti-aging. Think of it as your own personal stem cell treatment given to you by yourself. I have been personally doing this technique since I first heard about it when I was age 50. And I think that this is one of the main reasons for my continued good health into my 60s. By the way, you can access a free ebook download about HIT, including my prescription, by going to my website startwithyourfeet.com, and then you can go to the blog section to find the download. I invite everyone to incorporate HIT into your schedule and join the Start With Your Feet and Holistic Strides family. Now let's get to our main topic today, which is bunions. So what is a bunion? A bunion is technically an exostosis of the big toe joint. So an exostosis is extra bone formed. So I'm gonna demonstrate on this this foot over here, here's the big toe joint right over here. And right over here is the metatarsal head. And what happens is that this metatarsal head starts to enlarge and get arthritic changes in it. And then as it starts to get enlarged, the bone below it, which is the metatarsal starts to move out. The big toe starts to go in and then you start to get a deformed foot as it continues to progress. So it ultimately becomes an arthritis where it's actually affecting the joint. You could lose cartilage. It can ha- You can end up with bone on bone in that situation. And so how do you get them? Genetics play a big role. So there are children that will have a a moderate to severe bunion as a child. That's rare, but it can happen. And then your foot type is gonna play a role also. So somebody that's gonna have a flat foot is gonna, is going to have conditions that are gonna lead to an unstable forefoot in the gait cycle on heel lift. So when your heel goes up in the air, if the first ray is not firmly planted in the ground and it's hypermobile and it goes up and out, that's going to lead to the metatarsal bone going out towards the shoe and that's going to accelerate the process of a bunion. So shoes, do shoes cause bunions? Yes and no, they don't really cause bunions, but once you put the foot into a shoe, they actually start to accelerate the process because even if you're in a wide shoe and the bone is hitting the shoe on the side or on the top, your body, when the bone hits the shoe actually starts to make extra bone. So that's what the exostosis is, which is a protuberance of extra bone at the first metatarsal head. Then at that point, the big toe starts to move over. Therefore, it is very important to be cognizant of the shoes that you wear as a way to avoid bunions. And if you do have a bunion, there are certain strategies to know. So what are some of the strategies to know if you have a bunion? You wanna wear a shoe that has widths available, wide or extra wide. So an orthopedic type shoe, a sneaker walking shoe, You want to get brands that have wide or extra wide width, because you do want to accommodate the width. As I mentioned, if the side of the shoe is hitting the bunion, that's going to accelerate the whole process. So if you have a shoe that has an insole that's able to be removed, a simple trick to do is to take that insole out and cut it right where the insole flares right below the bunion joint, get rid of the material from the ball of the foot to the end of the shoe, and you will give yourself an extra half, half a size inside the shoe. Then, the next time you go get shoes, you wanna get a shoe that's longer and wider if necessary. Always make sure the, the length of the shoe is one inch or the width of a thumb from the length of the longest toe to the end of the shoe. When patients have bunions, their big toe ends up shortening because it starts going sideways instead of straight. So in those patients, you're probably gonna have your second or your third toe as your longest toe. And that's the toe that you wanna measure one inch from to the end of the shoe. You wanna wear orthotics 24 seven if you can, if you have orthotics. Of course, orthotics are going to address the foot structure and the foot type, whether you have a flat foot or a hard foot. You want foot stability, and that's what an orthotic is going to do. It is a prescription arch support that's going to address the rear, middle, and front of the foot. By wearing orthotics as often as you can, you're going to improve the function of your foot, but you will also dramatically slow the progression of the bunion. Myself, personally, I have a mild bunion on one foot. I noticed it about 35 years ago when I was in podiatry school, I got myself into an orthotic been wearing them in my dress shoes and in my sneakers for the last 35 years. And guess what? My orthotic has not gotten bigger in 35 years. So when somebody says that there are no conservative treatments for orthotics, that's wrong. There are shoe modifications that you can do going wider and longer. There are insole modifications. And wearing an orthotic is something that will actually prevent it from getting worse. You can't reverse the process, but you can stop it in its tracks. So if you have shoe flexibility in your ability to wear different kinds of shoes, then you can certainly get a shoe where you can get an orthotic into it and then you have a shoe that's not pressing on the bone and then you have an orthotic that's going to stop it in its tracks for progression. So if you are in a a job where you must wear a dressy, dressy shoe for women, let's say, you want to switch out a pointy high-heeled pump for an ankle-high or knee-high boot because with that, You can go longer with the shoe and you can get an orthotic in if it's deep enough and then you can still have a dressy look. You can get your orthotic in and you're going to help put yourself in a better situation for the progression of the bunion. For for a man, you're going to want to switch from a loafer in a dress shoe situation to a lace Oxford shoe, whether... You need a, a wider and extra wide. That depends on the width of, on the on the size of your bunion, whether it's mild, moderate, or severe. A mild bunion, you can probably get away with a medium width, but once it's moderate or severe, you have to go to a wide width shoe. When you are wearing sneakers, obviously you want to get whether you're a man or a woman. You want to get a wide width in addition to the proper length. And then for casual you want to get dress sneakers to wear where you can get also a wide width so you want to try to wear shoes where you can take the insole out and get an orthotic in if you can't get the insole out you want a deep shoe so at least you can put a dress orthotic or a thinner orthotic in without having to take the insole out one point i want to make in regards to bunions is that you can have a bunion, the common bunion that people refer to is gonna be a bunion on the side of the foot. But believe it or not, a bunion on the top of the foot, which is called a dorsal bunion, I find that that causes more problems than one on the side of the foot. So if I have a patient that has a moderate to severe bunion that's on the side of the foot, even though it's deforming the foot, making it wide and making it harder to get shoes, Usually you're not going to have a problem when you're not wearing shoes. However, when you have a bunion on the top of the foot and you get arthritic changes at the joint that's going to impact the range of motion, that's called hallux limitus or hallux rigidus. When that happens, you're setting yourself up to reduced range of motion and that is something that can hurt even when you're not in a shoe, which presents much greater problem to deal with, because then whether you're in a shoe, whether you're not in a shoe, it's gonna hurt. The joint is gonna hurt. It's a more severe form of arthritis. Even in that kind of situation though, there are things to do conservatively to try to help the situation. So if it's a mild hallux limitus, I am going to opt for a a function and try to get them into an orthotic that's going to increase the range of motion at the joint. If it's a more advanced form of hallux limitus, then you have to discard the functionality, and then you're just going to go to pain relief. With pain relief, you're going to go with a prescription modification that's going to reduce the range of motion at the joint. However, with that, you will not be able to walk heel to toe gait, which is the typical gait pattern that you want, where you hit with your heel, come down on the middle of your foot, then you go on your toes and lift your heel off. You won't be able to do that because when you go to toe, when you go to lift the heel off, you need to have an adequate range of motion at the first joint. With Hallux limitus, you don't have that. So with that prescription modification in your orthotic or in your shoe, you're going to reduce the range of motion. It's going to force you to walk with a midfoot strike. So that's going to, that's going to be a short stride. You're going to hit with the middle of the foot as a unit, and you're going to raise the middle of the foot as a unit. So you're not going to walk heel to toe. It's going to be a midfoot strike and a midfoot liftoff. It's going to be a little bit more choppy. It's going to be as if you're wearing a surgical shoe that doesn't have any bend in it. Whereas a typical shoe is going to bend at the ball of the foot, a surgical shoe has no bend. So a surgical shoe is going to keep you from doing a heel to toe gait. It's going to cause a midtoe, a midtoe, a midfoot strike and that is the same concept, but all in the name of pain reduction. If you have to do that, you have to do it. If there's no other way to address the issue, if the natural anti-inflammatories don't help, if a joint lubricant doesn't help, if the orthotic doesn't help, then you have no choice but to limit the function and go to something that's going to reduce the pain. A hallux limitus is, in my eyes, is more likely to require surgery than a, than a bunion on the side of the foot, because on, on the side of the foot, you can modify the shoe, you can modify the orthotic, and you can deal with the pain. A hallux limitus is going to hurt. If that hurts when you're walking without shoes, well, that's a much more advanced case, and you have fewer options, and surgery is going to come into play more likely. My advice on surgery is try not to get the surgery done too early in life. Try to go in the sweet spot, which for me is from age 40 to 75. You need to have, it's an elective surgery, so you need to have medical clearance from your primary care physician. You have to have the proper circulation in order to heal from the surgery. You need to not have, not be diabetic. And if you get the surgery, You definitely want to get orthotics after the surgery, because if you don't, the same forces genetically that were there before the surgery are going to be there after the surgery, and that's going to lead to a recurrence, and then you might have to get another surgery later on. You don't want to do that. If you're going to get bunion surgery, you just want to get it once. In the cases of hallux limitus, where there's severe joint inflammation and bone-on-bone and Arthritic changes throughout the joint. The choices surgically are going to usually be, if you're younger, they're going to probably going to want to put an implant in there. And then if you're older, they're actually going to remove pieces of bone from the joint, but that will lead to a reduced functioning first ray. And to me, you want that first ray functioning as well as possible. Because you must realize that all body weight ultimately ends up starting from the heel when your foot hits in the gait cycle, it's going to go out through the big toe. So you want the big toe straight and you want the big toe functioning. You want the first ray as, as plantar flexed as possible to be weight bearing to then allow you to toe off, shift the body weight so that it goes out through the big toe. One comment that I want to make about the -the over-the-counter devices for bunions, you might see these bunion splints that you can wear at night. I want to say that the only way that something like that's going to be effective is if you're getting it early on in a child where things are very flexible down on the foot. As you get older, things are going to be less flexible, and wearing a splint at night is really not going to do much because the forces of arthritis are going to overpower that. However, during the day, little things to straighten the toe will make big differences in the gait cycle. So something as simple as putting a piece of cotton between the first and second toe and taping it down to temporarily straighten the toe will enhance your your walking and your functionality. There are over-the-counter devices that do the same thing where you slip a device over the big toe or the second toe that has a silicone buttress that gets into the first interspace that does the same thing as the cotton where you're straightening the toe temporarily while you have it on. And during the day, if you wanted to use something like that, if you had a bunion, by all means, use it. Anything to straighten that big toe is going to help your function. And then you just take it off at the end of the day and then you're back to whatever stage your bunion is at, whether mild, moderate, or severe. But that's a way that you can symptomatically help the functioning of your foot along with the proper shoes, the proper length, the proper width, and wearing orthotics. So in conclusion, orthotics are the conservative treatment for bunions. Don't let anybody tell you that there's nothing that you can do. There are things to do, shoe modifications, and orthotics. Remember, orthotics that are over the counter are pretty much just an arch support and they're not really doing much. And a true orthotic has prescriptions in them to address the rear foot, the middle foot, and the front foot. And that will control motion and lead to stability. So you wanna balance the foot with the orthotic. You wanna promote stability, balance, and most importantly, from wearing the orthotic, you will stop the bunion in its track and keep it from progressing. Hopefully you can hold off long enough that you won't need surgery, but at the same time, if the bunion is severe and causing problems, maybe you can hold off to have the bunion surgery later in life where you're not going to potentially need a second bunion surgery 10 to 20 years later. So that is the story about bunions. It looks like we are out of here today. I hope you enjoyed the show and learned something new. I want to thank all of my striders for your support. I hope that you guys can incorporate today's topic into your lifestyle gradually over the next month and turn it into a habit. Email me if you have any topics you'd like me to talk about on future shows. Until next time, Start thinking outside the box in your approach to overall health by looking to your feet as a starting point. Walk strong and live long, my friends. See you next time on Holistic Strength.